The following program is brought to you by the 511 Media Group. This program is available on iTunes, Spotify, the 511 Media Group YouTube channel, and 511mediagroup.com. Welcome back to another Lights Out episode, my spook ghouls and witches. Uh, we hope you're having a lovely day today. And uh, staying on hot trends today, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the CISO Hotel, mm-hmm. based um, solely on the fact that a Netflix documentary series came out about it. Um, it was released like two weeks ago, maybe a week ago. That sounds ago. right, yeah. Um, and it's, it's okay. I think it really captured the case well. I don't think it talked a lot about the actual hotel, which um, kind of bothered me a little bit. But, I mean, it was primarily focused on the Elisa Lamb case, so I can't really um, complain too much. But still, I mean, it's it's something that, you know, if you're older than, like, eight or nine, you'll, you've lived through this experience of her disappearance. Um, and I remember when it came out and it was a big like controversy because everyone's like, how did she disappear? (laughs) Um, and the video was everywhere. Like it was. I remember seeing it on Facebook that year when it came out. Yeah, it was, it was everywhere in the media and it's just like insane to know because like usually we don't live through a lot of really weird life events like that well recently <laughs> we have <laughs> I, I guess but I mean you know it, it's we don't typically live through the serial killers we talk about no I wasn't even my parents were barely young enough to remember that um so I mean it, it's cool because it's something that we live through and we were old enough to understand what was going on I mean mm-hmm. 9-11 happened but I don't really remember it happening no. I just remember the after effects um, but like people who are older than us were like, oh yeah, we, we, they stopped the school to put it on. And I was like, yeah, no, I've <laughs> I was like three. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but anyway, yes, the Sisu Hotel is fascinating. Um, in itself, would I ever stay there? No, <laughs> not because I'm scared of it, but because I'm scared of the things around it. <laughs> um, and by that, I mean the crime and low-income areas tend to be a little more dangerous. It's like going to Chicago at night. You just you just don't yeah. tend to do it. You don't make a habit of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially staying in a place where they make it more accessible for people who don't have a lot of money, which is, there's nothing against that. Um, and, you know, you do what you need to survive, but you also do things that you need to do in order to survive, yeah. such as taking money and hurting people. And it's just, it's a mess <laughs> down there. So, you know, downtown L.A., you... You're good. We'll stay away from you. Yeah. <laughs> Tend to avoid LA anyway, but you know. <laughs> um, I do you want? I where yeah, should we I, start? I have a little intro. Uh, since the Cecil Hotel opened its doors in 1924, it's been filled with crime, murder, and death. It was dubbed Hotel Death, and people over the years have thought there were dark forces and spirits to explain why all the murder and death was occurring. The hotel is located on Skid Row, a neighborhood in downtown L.A., which is a low-income community. There's a lot of homeless people, um, a lot of crime, as you might, I don't want to say expect, but. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, drugs. L.A. is kind of known for their drug abuse, but it's especially high in that area because a Mm -hmm. lot of addicts wind up on the streets and then they all just wind up on Skid Row. Yeah. Um, since it's a place where it's kind of like a community. So, I mean, if you're going to go anywhere and be homeless, you might as well be in a community of homeless. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, they um they didn't have a lot of luck starting off. I mean, they wanted it to be like a nicer hotel, but since the Great Depression hit and then um it being next to Skid Row, it just kind of the odds were against it to start yeah. with. Um, and I, I think that people who truly know the history understand this. Um, the If you watch the docuseries, the former hotel manager, she drives me crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know it's her job to just like defend the hotel and just be like, it wasn't really that bad. But like, come on, <laughs> yeah. you have the odds going against you. It's not anyone's fault, but the specific location. Yeah. So it, it's... It's unsavable at this if point. If this hotel was like in Huntington Beach or something, it would have done great. Or just not next to Skid Row. Yeah. <laughs> Many places, not there, uh, probably not Compton. There's a handful of places it would not do well in. <laughs> um, but yeah, they uh, they opened after a lot of construction. There was a lot of construction on the building. It's huge. I mean, it's like 15 stories or something. Yeah, um, the architecture is beautiful. I, I love how it looks. Don't like the energy. We'll say <laughs> there's a lot of issues with the hotel, which I'll get into in the documentary series. But for now, we'll go through like the basic uh, crime history and just stuff that happened at the hotel that we don't particularly yeah. uh, enjoy. But I mean, there's been a lot of death at this place. There's been a lot of suicides. There's been a lot of murder. There's been a lot of everything in this hotel. Um, and that's just, again, a part of the area, it being accessible for people with lower income. There's going to be drug overdoses. There's going to be all those situations. So uh, it's it's not unheard of, but, you know, the most famous crimes are probably the only ones we're going to talk about. Yeah. And <laughs> they're just because they're so absurd. Um, but, yeah, so uh, the first one was in 1931 on November 19th, and that was a suicide, and that was apparently the first death to ever happen at this hotel. I actually have that the first recorded death was in 1927. Well, you know what? <laughs> There's a lot of sources, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it said that in most places it opened in 1924, and then I found a website that said 1927. So, you know, we're, it's too old for people to get accurate yeah. things. But either way. <laughs> um, I don't have a timeline in order, so... I um, do. Okay. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, let's see. In 1931, James Willies checked in, and a week later, he found he was found dead and was actually identified as 46-year-old J.K. Norton. So, secret identity. Checked in with a different name, which... Mistress? Yeah. That, <laughs> that was actually pretty common that I read. Um, in September of 1932, a member of the cleaning staff found 25-year-old Benjamin Dodich... At uh, after he had taken his own life. By July 1934, Army Medical Corps Sergeant Louis D. Borden ended his life at age 53 after struggling with bad mental health. There was, there has been a lot of suicide at this hotel, unfortunately. In 1937, Grace E. Magro fell from the hotel's ninth-story window. She initially survived after her fall was broken by a telephone wires, but died at the hospital. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine just, like, not fucking making it, and you're like, fuck! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I gotta live with all this pain and then try again. <laughs> I'm not trying to make a fun out of, like, suicide, but, like, just imagine how shitty that would feel when you finally buck up the courage to do it, and then you just 
I would take that as miss. a sign. You miss. <laughs> a lot of people do though. Like that's what happens when people actually survive jumping off bridges. They're like, I wish I didn't jump and I'm so happy I survived. Yeah. And that's a big thing with suicide. But most of the time if they're, you know, on impact as if jumping off a building, you're typically, even if you do regret it, you can't stop yourself yeah. at that point. <laughs> so, um, you know. It is what it is, but yeah. I'm not trying to make fun of suicide. It's a very serious issue, but just that'd be such a shitty feeling. It's called dark humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1938, Roy Thompson jumped off the top floor and was found on a neighboring building. In May 1939, a 39-year-old Navy officer, Erwin C. Neblett, died in his room. In January of 1940, teacher Dorothy Serger was staying at the hotel and died in her room again. In 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell and her boyfriend, 38-year-old Ben Levine, and I don't like that age difference. I'm just going to say that right now, but moving on. They were staying at the hotel. Ben had no idea that his girlfriend was pregnant, and I don't think she knew that she was pregnant either. Dorothy went into labor and went to a communal bathroom to give birth. She believed the child was stillborn and tossed it out the window. It was later found that she was mentally confused, temporarily mentally confused, and was found not guilty of m- murder by reason of insanity. That's the only reason that they found out that she didn't kill the baby, like, or she killed the baby while it was still alive, was due to the autopsy, which I didn't know that you could tell, like, I guess there's not a lot of infant deaths that we record, so, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> I didn't think that, like, having air in the lungs like a sign of it after so freshly being born like I'm assuming she just like straight yeeted it out the window after she was done like I'm not thinking she's like oh it's dead what do I do like because she didn't want this baby in the first place she didn't even know it existed yeah so I'm thinking she like straight yeeted out the window so it's like how long from the time that it impacted the other building to it being born how much air was in the lungs you know what I'm saying yeah it's not very much (laughs) so the fact that it was there is just kind of cool not again not to make fun of yeah. like death or anything but it's kind of interesting <laughs> it's interesting um in november 1947 robert smith dived after jumping off of the seventh floor when out of a seventh floor window at age 35 in october 1954 margaret brown died after a week of staying at the hotel uh jumping out of the seventh story window she was later identified as 55 year old helen gurney on February 11th, 1962, Julia Francis Moore, age 50, jumped from her eighth-story window. In 1962, Pauline Otten had been fighting with her husband, Dewey. She jumped off the ninth floor to teach him a lesson and landed on pedestrian George Gianni. I probably said that wrong, but on her way down, she hit someone else, and they both died on impact. I thought he died later on from injury. Possible. Yeah. I don't know. I think you would die on impact. I would that assume. Much worse, but <laughs> I'm like the average woman is like from like 150 to like 180 pounds. So that flying at you from what is it? Eight stories at 9.8 meters per second per second. <laughs> yeah. Like, boom. I remember no. only one thing from science in high school and it was 9.8 meters per second per second. There we go. <laughs> the rate at things which things fall to the earth. Good to know. <laughs> uh, in 1964, Goldie Osgood lived in the Cecil Hotel and got the nickname Pigeon Goldie since she would always go out and feed the pigeons. 
One day, someone came into a room and sexually assaulted her and killed her. On December 20th of 1975, a 23-year-old woman jumped from the 12th floor. She signed in under the name Allison Lowell, but her real identity was never found. And in 1985, Richard Ramirez stayed here during his reign of terror. He would go to the alleys and be covered in blood and would remove his clothing and walk into the hotel wearing nothing but his blood-stained underwear and no one would bat an eye. I have no idea why they wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah, he lived on the 14th floor um, for like $14 a night, which is a freaking steal. Yeah. <laughs> Murdering women, getting to stay somewhere cheap and no one asking questions. It's like the perfect serial killer dream right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Why would, I mean, okay, so this is the thing about the hotel. Like, I think they had to turn a blind eye because there's so much shady stuff that happens yeah. that they just try not to get involved. And I think that's what happened with this. But, like, at one at a certain point when you go, I don't think this is right. Yeah, like, <laughs> hmm, this guy. Maybe this isn't just an average walk in the park. I like to walk outside my underwear. I mean, how did he even get through the lobby yeah. if he wasn't wearing his underwear? So, obviously, you saw him leave with his clothes on yeah, and come exactly. back with no clothes on, covered in blood. Isn't like, that kind of weird? <laughs> Where'd it go? Sir, do you need do you need a towel? <laughs> can, we, can we help you, sir? A robe, maybe? Yeah, anything. Please <laughs> cover that. <laughs> uh, he was convicted of killing 13 people with five attempted murders, 11 sexual assaults, and 14 burglar. I can't say this word to save my Burglars. life. Yes, that word. Uh, <laughs> while staying there. In 1991, a journalist from Austria who actually went there to uh, learn about uh, Roger Ramirez. Unterweger. <laughs> yes, Jack Unterweger checked into the Cecil Hotel and would regularly engage with police and sex workers. Unknown to everyone, he was a convicted killer and rapist in Austria. He was released in the 1990s. Then women in his era began disappearing. So he fled to Los Angeles, where he found he was found guilty of nine murders. Hours after his sentence, he killed himself in his cell at the age of 43. I think in the documentary they talked about him a little bit. Um, and they talked about how he was initially there to report on the hotel and the homeless population, like the low-income area, mm -hmm. which is why I think he got so interested in the sex workers, because that was really common in that area as well, because it's low-income, so you got to do anything to yeah. make some cash. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's why he got away with a lot. And, I mean, apparently while he stayed there, he killed three women in the hotel. But I don't know where the bodies okay. went or how they didn't find, like, someone in the trash chute. I don't... <laughs> 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 what are they, like did they throw him out the window and be like well sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah. where did the bodies go and also when all these people are jumping out the window how many like how do you clean all the stuff off the sidewalk there would be stains i know this from experience if there's blood on concrete it stains that sounds bad i fell off of a wall and scraped myself really bad <laughs> But, like, do they have a cleanup crew? Yeah. <laughs> like, do they send, like, so are there people in the police that come and clean up messes like that? Yeah. In Los Angeles? I don't know what, like, police I areas mean, are located over there, but, you know. I, I mean, would assume, I mean, it would probably be, like. I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there would be, like, so, I don't want to say cleanup crew, but, like. All right, boys. Let's move out. <laughs> <laughs> like, when when a crime scene hap happens after they take the body away, like. I would imagine they would, like, try to clean up the blood because that was a crime scene. It's really hard to get, like, blood stains out of cement because it's blood. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could and pressure wash it, but why would you, how would you 
Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) on September 1st, 1992, the body of a young African-American man was found behind the hotel and was thought to either have fallen, jumped, or pushed out of the hotel's 15th story door. Door. 15th story. No door. Um, Amy Price was the manager of the Cecil Hotel for 10 years from 2007 to 2017. She was interviewed and she said during her time there, there were about 80 deaths during her time was the death of Elisa Lam, mm-hmm. a 21-year-old Canadian student who had been a guest in 2013 and went missing on February 1st, 2013. The day she was meant to check out, CCTV footage found her acting strange on a lift and nobody could find her, which is the video that yep. everyone pretty much saw. Um. Two weeks later, they found her body in the water tank on the roof of the hotel, and her death was ruled as an accidental drowning. To this day, there are numerous theories about what might have happened to her. That's the last recorded death. Okay. I have a couple more things before we dive into that case, because it's a mess. It's a hot mess. And this documentary didn't make it any easier because I found myself asking questions and then it's, we'll talk about it. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was, there's been an unconfirmed theory, which I thought was interesting. I told you about this when we were doing research, but um, there's a possible link to the Black Dahlia murder um, mm-hmm. with her being there possibly the day of her death, her, the night at the bar. She was there. Um Supposedly. It's unconfirmed. Um, People try to throw away the theory, but other people are like, no, she was there. I think I actually heard this theory on Ghost Adventures, too. I think they talked about it when they did the Black Dahlia um, murder scene. They they talked about it. Um, But yeah, so um, not many, like, tenants, people who actually live in the hotel committed suicide, but there were four deaths since 1972 that they've recorded. Um, there, it was also renamed in 2011 to stay on Maine, but no one calls it that. It's like, it's like the Sears Tower. Like, I don't, it's not even the Wait. Willis Tower anymore. It's like something else. What? And yeah. The Sears Tower is now, is no longer the Sears Tower. It was the Willis Tower for a long time. And now I think it got bought out by like Comcast or something. And it's what? something no. else now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's a Sears Tower. <laughs> and that's basically what the Sears yeah. Hotel is. They're like, no, it's the Sears Hotel. This is not stay on the main. Fuck this. Like, <laughs> says you can't get rid of the negative connotation just because you want it to go away yeah um but there are a total of 299 hotel rooms and 301 single rooms which could possibly change because it has been closed for renovations um since 2017 i know they're trying to make it um half a luxury hotel and half low income housing um but who knows because it hasn't opened up yet they say it might open at the end of this year but who knows? <laughs> Again, a lot of things are left unanswered for that. Um, and it was uh, bought out by Richard Bourne for, it says anywhere between 25 to $30 million on the internet. Okay. And in the documentary, I think they said 24 or $25 million. Um, in 2014. Um which is kind of a lot for a hotel that has a lot of baggage. Yeah, but, that's uh, what I was thinking. I'm like, that's a little pricey for this hotel. Like, the architecture, yes, I do think it would be worth that price because it's beautiful. It's also kind of run down. Yeah. Like, people who stay there don't have, like, positive things, but they're like, you can't ask for too much when everything's kind of, you know, you're getting low-income yeah. housing. So, yeah. I mean, 
it's a cheap stay. It's yeah. gonna not be very it's nice on the, the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um so there's been a couple um like spin-offs of the Cecil Hotel. Um American Horror Story Hotel is inspired by the Cecil and I know a lot of people have seen that. Lady Gaga, the Vampress. Beautiful. Um, and I never really thought about it at the time, but it makes a lot of sense because one of the main characters does die of a drug overdose, <laughs> which is okay. uh, Sarah Paulson's character. Um, so I, that's kind of obvious at this point. Um, and then there was a two-hour ghost adventure special on Discovery, which we watched, but I don't remember a lot of it. <laughs> um, it was like, okay, from what I can remember yeah. from it. Uh, it wasn't like too exciting or too boring. It it kind of talked a lot about the history, which was nice. Yeah. Um, and it would switch back and forth between, like, history and then, like, they had different days they stayed there since it was a two-hour special. Um, so they would talk about different things on different days. But we will now move into the docuseries, which this is going to be the first time we were hearing about a lot of stuff. So I basically, I watched it. It went by really fast, actually. Um, and I kind of made notes out of each episode that I thought were relevant and kind of important to talk about. Um, so one of the first things in the first episode that you hear is a bunch of people talking about the hotel and one of them says, and this quote again appears later on in the episodes, um, but he says, you don't need to be a conspiracy artist to be like, what the fuck yeah. <laughs> about this case? Because it is still really strange. And even though it was ruled an accidental death and they say to stop conspiring, I can see where people are saying it's wrong. Um, so the hotel mainly had guests from foreign countries because it was, again, a cheap place to stay. So a lot of foreign people came and stayed there, which Elisa Lam was from Hong Kong. So um, cheap place to stay. <laughs> um, and then I wrote a question. Does that mean that there's easy targets at the hotel? Because no one's going to contact a foreigner asking yeah. questions. Like Elisa Lam was in the country before this um, mm -hmm. because she went to school in America. But... Um, like think about it right if you're like people go after sex workers that's the main targets nowadays yeah but a foreigner who's coming to the country for the first time staying at a low-income hotel no one's gonna ask questions especially when a lot of bad things happen there like no one's gonna ask questions yeah um so on the disappearance so she got moved from a like communal room to a single room um and on the day she checked out she was supposed to check out of that room. Um, she was obviously reported that she wasn't there. And they found all of her belongings there. <laughs> and no, like, hard drugs or anything. Um, and a lot of, like, there's these two guests. So <laughs> when we were watching The Ghost Adventures, that was, there was that French woman complaining about the the hotel, if you remember. And I was making fun of her. Oh, she yeah. Was, <laughs> I thought it sounded like she was stuck up. But no, she was actually kind of like shook about the situation because mm -hmm. they didn't know someone was missing and died yeah, <laughs> while they were there. They're drinking and taking showers in this water that has a dead body in it. Yeah, so she was talking about it. <laughs> and they said that, like, when they got there, just, like, a lot of the stuff about the hotel was just, like, not the top quality, but, like, they were visiting America for the first time, so, like, they didn't really care. They paid what they, like, they asked, they got what they paid for. And they said that the floor was really sticky, and it felt like you almost had to, like, unstick yourself from oh. the floor so like just imagine the inside of this right this is what i mean by like i 25 million is a lot of dollars yeah. <laughs> for this place because it's got a lot of stuff that you need to fix um so one thing that they talked about that was suspicious was apparently 
Elisa was found in a room. They didn't say what room it was, but they said that there's a room where guests aren't allowed to go into, and they found her in there. So Okay. Um, she was asked to leave at that point, um, and that was before she disappeared. But it brought up a lot of questions, like, what did she see in there? Did she see something she shouldn't have seen? Yeah. <laughs> like, all this sketchy shit probably goes down at the Cecil, and, you know, hotel management's not going to, like, get involved because that's a risk to them. So, you know. Maybe she saw something she didn't. <laughs> um, and the police say a lot that they left um, like a breadcrumb trail on her on her Tumblr page because she was very active on Tumblr. She used it kind of like like a diary almost, like a yeah. way to reflect, especially because she had BPD. And so um, when she was having episodes, when she would, you know, um, fluctuate with her bipolar, she would talk about it on Tumblr. Um, so, um, they found on her Tumblr that she was planning to go out before her disappearance. So they brought up again, like, did she meet someone? Did someone follow her? Did someone take her? Um, <laughs> and I made, <laughs> I made a couple notes and I was like, the hotel management really weirds me out <laughs> because she just like the way she looks, the way she talks and she's like, yeah, I'm just you know, doing this because I want people to know the truth and that it's not a bad place and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, lady, you're weirding me out. Like, you're the talking kind of crazy. <laughs> um, and it's another not a thing. bad place, but 80 people died within a 10-year span there? I don't know. That, that seems like a bad place to me. Um, and then I also said that she was gone for three weeks and there's no way that she was in the tank this whole time because, like, wouldn't you start decomposing as soon as you die. Mm -hmm. So wouldn't the water have been off for a couple of days or three weeks before her body was found? I mean, it's just weird, right? Mm -hmm. Like why, why did they notice after three weeks if she was in the water tank the whole time? Yeah. Um, so, um, they talked a lot about Skid Row and the history behind Skid Row. Um, and they said it's one of the poorest and dangerous areas in pretty much the country, <laughs> um, especially in L.A. Um, and they said it was a dumping ground for prisoners and mental patients to keep them in one place, and they called this containment so that they aren't everywhere. They're just kind of all in one place so they can keep an eye on the population because yeah. there's a lot of cops that sit around there, I guess. And so they called this containment, but in a way it's also endangering the people that live there because you're putting all of the dangerous potentially to themselves and other people in one place, yeah, <laughs> um, which doesn't really sound like a good idea in my in my books here, but I'm not one to judge because I don't yeah. live there. <laughs> um, and the cops were talking about how there was over 500 hours of footage to watch over her disappearance, so they would watch like 20 hours of footage a day, trying to figure out what happened, and then okay. they rewatched it while trying to figure out how she died. Um, and they noticed that she never left the hotel, so she was there the whole time. Um, and the Cecil had apartment living for those who couldn't afford to um, make a deposit or for people who couldn't pass a background check. So they didn't ask a lot of questions um, when you stayed there, basically. Okay. Um, so it kind of leads you to think that there's, like, sketchy people that stay there, which, yeah. I mean, there can be, but it could also just be people who don't have a lot of money and just need somewhere to stay that's not the street, <laughs> like you said. Um, and they found the, the last footage was the elevator video. Um, 
a couple things that they noticed was the elevator wasn't moving when she was pressing the buttons. Like, the elevator wasn't going anywhere as if someone was, like, holding it open or someone was keeping it open. Like, it was weird. Yeah. Um, it was, like, two minutes that the door wasn't closing. Um, and it wasn't like she was holding, the o- like, the open button. Like, yeah, if you're trying you to run away from something. Around and you see what button she clicks, too. She presses the entire middle row. Um, but, like... Why isn't the door closing? <laughs> um, and then I said this maybe um, makes people think that she was possessed because she's acting all weird and she might have seen something that wasn't there. Um, I don't think it was ghosts that had anything to do with this personally or necessarily the bad things that happen. Sometimes bad things just happen. Yeah. Um, and I said, why the elevator? I don't remember why I wrote that. But I said, are there no other cameras? Especially with... Um, it being so close, I believe, to the not only fire escape, but also by the fire exit to the roof, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't know why you'd have a fire exit to the roof. Why the fuck would you want to go on the roof if your building's burning? <laughs> um, <laughs> just, a, just a question. Like, it's not a flood. <laughs> um, but they don't have any other cameras that caught her on camera, just the elevator video. Yeah. So I thought that was really strange, um, especially if... The thing that bothers me, I think, the most about this is that it's a hotel where bad things happen. It's a hotel where sketchy things go down. Why are there not more cameras? And if there are more cameras, why are they why are they not catching anything? Yeah. (laughs) Especially this. (laughs) Especially with the year. Like if it was like still like nineteen thirties or something like that, then like all hotels have cameras in every single hallway. Yeah, exactly. In their hotel. Especially in uh, 2010s there should be cameras in every single hallway especially knowing that this hotel is in Skate Row. I traveled a lot so I I know there was cameras um but I just I think it's it bothers me a lot um and they said at the end of the episode that the elevator only closes at almost three minutes into the video which is very uncommon for elevators in general yeah um so I just think that's really strange. But that's the end of the first episode. And there's four episodes. Uh, so before I get into episode two, I do want to say, though, I, I kind of mentioned to you that, to this to you in the car, but the documentary definitely feeds on, like, you wanting to conspire about the case. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Like wanting um, a mystery to be there. Yeah, and I think that despite them saying, like, there's no mystery, there's no conspiracy, like, she accidentally drowned like they are definitely feeding into the oh well did she drown so like it it's kind of it's contradicting did she drown did she not drown um and I I think it really plays into the conspiracies like a hundred (laughs) percent um especially in episode two and three and then episode four is kind of where like the facts are Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of annoying to watch once I got to episode four because I'm like you really played this up just for it to be like there's no conspiracy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just it really bothered me about the documentary. But um, that's just like a little tidbit before I got into episode two because I realized I didn't really mention that before. And I feel like it's kind of important to know about the docuseries, um, yeah. especially if you do want to watch it and you haven't watched it yet, which I mean, I'm kind of spoiling it now, but whatever. <laughs> you chose <laughs> um, to click on this podcast. <laughs> um, so the second episode kind of goes into her mental health. Um, and as far as I could tell when they were talking, there's no indications of her wanting to commit suicide, um, despite her bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, she was depressed and she did talk a lot about like her depressive episodes, but she didn't 
indicate that she wanted to really take her life necessarily. And as far as I know, at least from the documentary, she wasn't suicidal in the past, which is important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so... They also found, since it, it kind of picked, it ended off on the elevator video, they kind of picked back up with the video a little bit. And there's this shoe that was seen in the video that she wasn't wearing. She was wearing, like, flip-flops or something in yeah. the video. And this was, like, a shoe <laughs> that like a, pops in before the elevator okay. closes. And so people are like, whose shoe is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously because she was looking around and acting like there was someone following her, like, they were like, holy shit, like, this is her perpetrator. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they mentioned this because she mentioned on her Tumblr that she wanted to meet people um, and that this meant that she could have been followed or attacked because she wanted to meet people and maybe she met the wrong person. Yeah. Um, The hotel manager, this is why she weirds me out and I don't like her because she says the hotel gets a bad rep. No, it has a bad rep. (laughs) It doesn't get a bad reputation. It has a bad reputation because it is in a shitty location. Yeah. (laughs) That just happens to come around when you are in a low-income area. It's not the hotel's fault, per se. It's just it was put in a bad spot, and now it just has to deal with whatever it it was dealt. And so, yes, it gets a bad reputation because it has a bad reputation. (laughs) Like, you're not going to send your kid there to go stay for a weekend. No. That's not a place you send your kids. Like, that's a place that you go if you have no money and you need somewhere to stay on a on a fly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so that really just bothered me. <laughs> um, the big finding of this episode was that the timestamp on the video was altered. Um, and it was slowed down by almost 35%. So it made a lot of the stuff she was doing seem peculiar. Okay. Um, and... It cuts when the door closes, so there's there's 53 seconds that are missing before the doors close in the video. And the hotel manager claims that there was no tampering. No one would have tampered it on the inside, which, if shady shit's going on, you're not going to see the person tamper with the video. Yeah. So have you ever watched a crime show? Yeah. <laughs> you're not supposed to see the people who tamper with the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> um Especially if you're not really paying attention. You're just turning a blind eye. Like, you don't know who could have gone in and the security yeah, cameras. Exactly. Maybe you went to the bathroom and someone snuck in there and altered the video because they killed someone. Like, yeah, you don't I mean, know. it's not very hard. So, they never found out who did it or why it was tampered with. Which is even weirder now that I'm thinking about it. Because <laughs> they never yeah. talked about where that went. And if she did commit suicide, why was she acting so weird and why was the video tampered with? Yeah. Like, um, if... The video wasn't tampered with, then it would be more, like, reasonable that she could have committed suicide. But the fact that it was tampered with makes you think there had been something else there, too. And there was a mysterious shoe. Yeah. (laughs) Who is the shoe? The shoe killed her. (laughs) Um, It's like that movie uh, Rubber, the... It's a tire that goes around killing people. You know, I've seen a lot of shitty horror movies, but I have not seen that one. His name is Robert. (laughs) Is it named uh, whatever? Um, <laughs> so you find out that the maintenance man, um, I think his name is Santiago, but I will correct that later because I know I wrote his name down. Um, and he found her because people were reporting um, 
pressure leaks and a lot of people were reporting it and the water was discolored. So he's like, shit, I think we have a problem. So he went to the roof to go check the water tanks to see if one of them like accidentally emptied and wasn't refilling or whatever could have been the case. And he looked in and saw her body. (laughs) Yeah. And you could tell he was pretty distraught by it still, even on the video. Like he was not, you know, like a lot of people were just kind of like relaying it and reliving it but not feeling the emotions that Mm -hmm. they felt during the time like some of them did but he was one that like really still looked affected by this um and this is when he went to go tell the manager that they found he found her body and the manager which i'm sure you've seen this on tiktok she calls her mom before she calls the police yeah and i don't know about you but any sane person would be like i'm gonna call the police real quick like just remember everything that you saw whatever and wait here until they get here and we can talk to them and then i'd call my mom (laughs) be like hey mom don't worry i'm okay but some shit's gonna go down right now (laughs) at the hotel yeah it even says in training videos at jobs like call the police first (laughs) like why would you not report a girl who's been the police have been all over your shit for three weeks and the first thing you do is call your mom yeah like, tell me this bitch was not involved in something. Yeah, she had to have known something. <laughs> um, it's just, like, the way she looks crazed, like, I just, I can't. <laughs> she looks like she's seen too much, and that's why she left <laughs> eventually. Um, and they said she was found floating face up, which, if she accidentally drowned, I feel like she would have been upside down. Yeah. But anyway, um, she was considerably decomposed, and she was naked. Um, and that's where they left off on episode three. Yeah, that's something that I, because they say that she killed herself. But why would have she not only gone inside of the water tank, which has a very heavy door to get into, and she looks about my size, and I know I wouldn't be able to lift that yeah, door. Yeah, they said the hatch was like 20 pounds. Yeah, which would be very hard, especially if you're in a emotional state, you're distraught. Also, if she planned on drowning herself, why would she take her clothes off first? Yeah, I, I feel like Asian cultures are very, uh, like, not modest per se, but more, like, modest about their sexualization of their bodies. Yeah. So I feel like if she was going to commit suicide, she wouldn't do that because it would be seen as, like, disrespectful mm-hmm. and, like, shameful all on top of the suicide. <laughs> so, yeah. like, she would just would have been, like, basically shitting on her family and being like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to commit suicide and I'm going to be naked. Just yeah. to rub it in a little bit. Like, <laughs> a little salt it, I just feel like knowing the Asian culture, like, she wouldn't do that. But yeah. that's just me. <laughs> um, it just seems weird. I, I don't know. Anyway. So, the next episode is where all the conspiracy theories kind of really take off. Um, <clears throat> it starts with her they're, they're reviewing the footage over and over again because they're trying to figure out what possibly happened if she did commit suicide and if not what happened to her mm-hmm. um, and it shows that um, she exits to the left of the elevator which has a possible exit to the roof which is the emergency exit which again why do you need an emergency exit to the roof but whatever <laughs> um, and um, so The police dogs, when they initially were trying to find her um, within, like, the first day or two of her disappearance, um, they brought dogs in, and they um, went to her room, and the dogs caught her scent 
um, going to the window to the fire escape, but once they opened it, the scent was gone. Um, which means that I don't know necessarily how scent trails work when it comes to fire escapes <laughs> because there's holes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I feel like if they could have smelled it on the window, they might have been able to smell it on the fire escape. I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. going to like imply anything because I don't know enough about um, dogs scent to yeah. make theories about that. But um, I said that since the dog caught the scent on her floor, which she was staying on like the see what floor was she staying on i don't know if i wrote it down i don't know she wasn't on the top floor let's just put it that way she was not on the top floor (laughs) she was like maybe on like the seventh floor or something Mm -hmm. um and they found the scent on her floor um and i said what if she was coming in from the fire escape like what if she was making an exit to the fire escape and then went down to her room yeah. To like hide, you know, like a sensible person <laughs> mm-hmm. because the, the fire access goes through the entire building. Yeah. So if she went out the window to the left of the elevator and went down to her room to grab her shit or call the cops, like maybe she came in and that's what the dogs are smelling. Um, I don't know. That was just a weird I mean, thing I thought I about in the moment. Because <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to drown myself or hide in a water tank. Like, I'm not that yeah. desperate. <laughs> I'll go down the fire escape. Um, but, that, again, that's just me. Um, so the the fire exit that had the staircase um, was supposed to have an alarm in which the key a key has to be turned. It, it's kind of like um, on a school bus, um, the back door, the bus driver has to close it and then, like, turn something and it shuts off. Yeah. Um, it's like that, and it had a key on the wall. And it disables or enables the alarm. And according to the manager, it's supposed to be on all the time, which it wasn't. <laughs> so um, that's a big red flag. Yeah. Um, uh, so they further uh, investigated the footage again to see if there is anyone that she was with or if she is seen with anybody and they found her with two men, and one of them was carrying a box. Um, but then they realized that she went to the last bookstore, which is all over TikTok, by the way. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I saw that today. Because it's like a book museum and a bookstore in one. Okay. So, like, they have, like, cool art with books. And then they also have a huge bookstore. And it's, like, a really popular location, which is kind of interesting because it's right by Skid Row. But um, she was there, and she found a bunch of books, and she didn't think she was going to be able to carry them. So she, the the shop owner, I guess, like, had two guys help her over to the hotel because it wasn't that far away. Okay. And she took the box when she got there. So that wound up being a dead end, but they really played it up (laughs) in the video. Um, And then they also were talking about um, the lid, to the water tank. It's not like the full top. It's like a little square panel. Yeah. And so that itself weighs 20 pounds. And it it's not hinged. So you would have to either slide it over or lift it up and put it back on in yeah. order for the lid to be on top. Um, so then that it's like, how did it close? <laughs> yeah. Because if she was in the water, um, you know, the water level is not at the door. So even if she closed it when she got in she would have to be at the level of the door or within reach. And I'm imagining she was a smaller woman, so, like, yeah. she would not be able to reach it. Um, so this led to think that a lot of people thought she um, committed suicide. 
And there were a bunch of reasons that the cops gave. Um, and I'll talk about that later on. But um, I just want to talk about like what I learned, which is why I don't think that she committed suicide. Um, there's another reason, and they talk about in episode four. But at this current moment in time, um, the this is like true fact. You can look it up. Um, I've learned about this multiple times in college. Like it's straight facts. Um, <laughs> most women who commit suicide do not uh, are not successful in their attempts. And if they are, they don't use lethal attempts, such as things that will prolong their death, like hanging or um, like cutting their wrists yeah. or just like very lethal forms like a gun. A lot of women don't do that because we're women. We're typically not into gruesome things like that, especially when suicide, we want to rest peacefully. So most women do things like poison or overdosing and stuff like that. So drowning yeah. would be considered a lethal form of death. <laughs> so if she committed suicide, I don't think it would be in a water tank. I think she no. would have just drug overdosed, especially since she had bipolar medication. She would have just taken all of her bipolar pills. Yeah. Easy death. Or even like jumping off of the roof. Even that is still a, a more lethal form. Yeah. And that would be like in a really manic state, which if she did go to the roof, why didn't she jump? Yeah. that That's why I like, who thinks it like, confused hmm. me. Roof, water, water tank. tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the only case where someone possibly could have, at least from my knowledge, that someone possibly could have killed themselves inside of a hotel water tank that's on the top floor when there is a ledge to go straight down to concrete. And the door right is there. not supposed to be accessible yeah. at all. So yeah. the fact that it was open and she got in the tank and thought about killing herself in the tank is just kind of weird. Yeah. Um, it's like, all right, here we go. Especially because I don't. We don't know if she went out on the fire escapes ever. So how would yeah. she even know the water tanks are on the roof? Yeah. So another thing that they asked is why would she remove her clothes? And then they thought, well, what if it's sexual assault, which they do attest. And it, spoiler alert, it doesn't come back. There's no foreign bodies in it. Um, but it doesn't mean that she couldn't have been in the three weeks she disappeared. Yeah. Because it only takes, what, like 24, 48 hours? 24. 72? I don't remember. Um, for, like that. for sperm to disappear. Um, so it could have happened <laughs> and she could have died. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they noticed was that the water level that she was found in, which typically water tanks stay at the same level. They're usually at a preset level. Um, so it wouldn't fluctuate necessarily unless like an excessive amount of water was used. It would go down if anything, but it wouldn't rise higher than it. Yeah. Should normally. That's just knowing common knowledge about water tanks. Um, <laughs> so the water level she was found at was a considerable distance from the top of the water lid, um, which means that she wouldn't have been able to put the lid on herself. Yeah. Um, and another weird thing was that there was no time of death. They couldn't figure it out. <laughs> because there were too many environmental factors at that point to determine how long she had been decaying and how long she had been actually dead for. Um, they said that uh, her clothes were the same as when she disappeared. So that's the same. Um, which means to me that either she did commit suicide and for some reason all of these weird things just don't add up and it actually happened. Yeah. Or she was taken... And then wound up in the water tank sometime later. Um, but 
um, the there was a lot of variables that affected the decomposition, which made it unknowable, such as like the sun, um, the water, obviously, <laughs> um, uh, bloating of the skin from the water. They don't know. It's just there was too many environmental factors affecting her decomposition, so they couldn't really just be like, oh yeah, she's been dead for like two hours, like. No. Yeah. Um, there were no foreign materials or sign of struggle, obviously. Um, but, again, if she's been gone for three weeks, who knows if there was any trauma to the body because she could have been dead for a long time and no one found her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just dumped her body. Um, so, the interesting thing, right, is that the coroner talks about how there was no typical signs of drowning found in her body such as bubbles in the lungs and stuff like that okay. like typical signs of somebody drowning and they're like but you can't rule that out and i'm like this woman's not superman yeah. <laughs> like if people typically drown and, ha- and show similar signs that should be an indicator that maybe something else happened yeah um because especially if she accidentally drowned, uh, when you drown, you freak out, which causes the air pockets in the lungs because you're trying to catch air and you're sucking in water. Yeah. So it's creating air pockets in the water. So if there's no signs of that, isn't that kind of suspicious? Maybe yeah, like she wasn't be. breathing. <laughs> um, anyway. Like even if there's no signs of struggle, it's possible that she was killed in a way that wouldn't give her body bruises or cuts and it could have already been out of her system too yeah. by the time she was found yeah. like drugs would have already made their way out of the system especially with the decomposition process all mm-hmm. the fluids would have been out of her body by then yeah um the toxicology took months and people were pissed because there was a lot of web sleuths that were not just web sleuths but like the common public yeah. were trying to figure out what happened to her in addition to the police, which is typical for every case, every murder, unsolved misery, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but people were like, what the fuck? It took like three months yeah. before they even announced her death. Um, and they're like, the police are hiding something. And the police are like, we're not hiding anything. They just didn't give it to us. <laughs> um, so it was this big mishap and people were getting really upset. Um, and people were saying that a lot of people were covering up something, whether it was the cops, the government, um, the hotel, don't know. <laughs> they yeah. were just saying something's being covered up. And so this is when they talk about a couple conspiracies, and they're actually really interesting. Um, so they first talk about how her death is very similar to the events that take place in a movie called Dark Water that came out in 2005. And this was a Japanese film originally, and it got adapted into the American version with American actors in 2005. Okay. And the movie almost completely lines up. Like, they go to this hotel, a little girl drowns, and she's wearing the exact same colors as Elisa. The exact same. Red hoodie. Okay. The, like, little capri shorts. Yeah. I forget what they're called, but the capri shorts. Like, everything. And she was found in the water tank. Um, <clears throat> and she accidentally drowned. So they said, is this a coincidence or is it a elaborate murder that was set yeah. up? Which, if you know, um, in a lot of movies, but it's also, there are copycat killers. So if there are things that inspire somebody to kill somebody, they will take inspiration. Mm-hmm. So if somebody did kill her, maybe they took inspiration from this movie. Yeah. It was very elaborate. 
Um, and then they brought up this whole idea of uh, synchronicity. And it's basically when something adds, like, lines up so much that it's almost, like, impossible to deny it. Yeah. Um, and they talked about how at the time when Elisa was at the Cecil, there was a huge TB outbreak in the homeless population. Um, and there's the TB test that's given, and it's called LAM-ELISA. Okay. And, like, word for word, exact spelling of her name, but backwards. <laughs> so people are like, is this a government conspiracy? Like, was she sent there? And I guess the college she went to was also famous for their TB research, which mm. is really fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and at that's this point in the film, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> this is who? Yeah, that's Excuse a lot me? of coincidences. That that's just very strange. And if you yeah. if you watch a show that involves the government, like I watch Chuck, and I know it's fake, mm-hmm. but it shows the ways that the government hides up, like covers things. Yeah, and makes it seem natural. And it's in a lot of books. It's in a lot of. It's a lot of everything. And if the government doesn't want you to know about something, they'll make it look like an accident. Yeah. Because it calms the public. (laughs) So if it was something the government did, um, please don't come for me. I'm just a podcaster. Please don't. (laughs) I I got a life to live here. But if the government did cover up something, like, it makes sense why it was an accidental drowning and she wasn't actually alive. Yeah. So the next really fucking weird thing. So the last bookstore is what I told you about when mm-hmm. they found the guy with the box. Um, but the zip code that you find on their website to send them things, um, if you look it up on Google Maps, it shows the exact location in Canada where Elisa Lam is buried. What? Yes. No. Yes. They showed it on the fucking thing. They showed it. I'm telling you, episode three was fucking whack. Uh-uh. <laughs> There's too many coincidences for it to be normal. Yeah, there's no way you could look at all of that. And I know you're not even done, but from what I've heard so far, you can't be like, yeah, it's still an accident. Like, it'd be very hard to believe Like, why do you think people aren't stopping conspiracy after, what, nine years? Eight years of this happening? Like, it's not... People only create... People don't believe it. (laughs) Conspiracy theories only become what they are because there's something being left out or there's room to make a theory about it. Like I, like I told you, if I ever commit suicide, somebody killed me yeah. because you know, I leave all my dirt behind. I told you this. I leave yeah. you a letter with all the fucking dirt I have. Yeah, on like, everyone I have world. all the tea <laughs> <laughs> and I would tell you before I died so that you had that information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if I die and they say it's suicide, I am not dead. Yeah. You're like, no, liars i'm not going to that funeral that's not her (laughs) like you better be a conspiracy theorist because that shit ain't happening you're like all right next week on lights out (laughs) did brie die because i don't think so (laughs) um and then they left the episode um talking about this youtuber named morbid and i don't remember his real name he's um from mexico i believe um and he makes heavy metal music, so you know he's into a bunch of weird shit. That's just how heavy metal artists are. Um, and they were the things that they were finding were showing really strange parallels um, with his music videos and backgrounds to his videos. And one of them, it was like Ted Bundy and his murders and the Black Dahlia were in the backgrounds of his videos. Yeah. And you'll feel really bad for this guy in the next episode 
But at the time, it's just really fucking weird. And he stayed at the Cecil. So, okay. like, people are like, it has to be him. And one of the songs he wrote talks about a death that's similar. To Elisa? Yeah. Okay. Um, But, again, you know, music is music. People write songs about things that happen in the real world. It's not, yeah, you know, it's not unheard of. Um, but basically they make it look like he's going to be involved somehow. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah. So a lot of this next episode, I feel really bad for this guy because he basically had his whole life upturned because on his YouTube video about the Cecil, he stayed there in 20 se- or 2012. Okay. I'm thinking it's like 2017. It's 2012 when he stayed there. So it was a whole year prior to Elisa's death. Yeah. So he there's no possible way he could have had any involvement. He was in no. Mexico. He had a like he had um people who could confirm that he was in Mexico because it's not just easy to hop over the border like yeah, that, no. <laughs> especially to go to California. Um and he was making music in Mexico. So he wasn't anywhere near California when her, when she disappeared and died. Um and Sluice on the internet started to virtually harass him and attack him. Um, got all of his accounts removed. Um, got just everything in his life was just falling apart mm-hmm. because he couldn't express himself anymore. He couldn't make music. People weren't believing him. And no matter what he did, like he was just getting hate for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Um, because people wanted to put the blame on somebody. And they picked him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this got me really thinking because I'm like, you know, this happens a lot where people assume things or people think that they are actual detectives and they start harassing somebody, which is never okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying you can't do your own sleuthing. I mean, hell, the Zodiac Killer, the cipher wouldn't have been deci- deciphered without somebody doing their own private investigation yeah. work. But to go and harass somebody is a whole nother level. <laughs> like you should yeah, you have no proof this guy tried to commit suicide and wound up in a mental hospital yeah. like he woke up from trying to overdose and he was in a mental institution because he tried to commit suicide mm-hmm. because his life was so shit and everything in his life was basically ruined because of this and you can't just go and ruin someone's life because you want something to be true yeah um and he's been proven innocent so it just like it's absolutely unacceptable and i know we want justice for a girl who died but it's just wrong and yeah. i don't ever want to see anyone ever do that and it's horrible um but this episode they talk more about her actual death and things behind it proving that she committed suicide um they said that it was possible that she could have been on a hallucinogen in the video but there was no evidence especially in her body Um, And then they start to really dive into the mental health side of this case, which really started to irk me a little bit. And for anyone listening and doesn't know already, I am, I have a bachelor's in psychology. I'm studying to be a counselor. I know a good amount about mental health. Um, (laughs) And so this started to really rub me the wrong way because this is when people who don't want to figure out the truth or have nothing else to put it on, they go towards the mental health. Um, and unfortunately, Elisa had enough evidence to make them think that this was suicide. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you why I don't think so at the end. Um, and this was because they found her prescriptions um, in her room. But um, when they did the toxicology, they found that her prescription medicine was the only like drugs found in her system. And it was really low dosage, which shows that she was still taking the medication. And if it was a low dose... 
It also could have been if she was taken, she couldn't take her medicine when she wasn't in the room anyway. Yeah. Um, so she could have just been taken and not had her medication, so there's low doses. But there's still some in her body, which is the point I'm trying to make. Mm-hmm. There are still dosages still of her, her medicine in her system. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just going to make that very clear from the start. Um, and this made cops think that she was having a manic episode because there was so little medicine found in her body. Um, and they talked with her family and they said that she's had some relapses and stuff and she would not take her medicine. But obviously the toxicology showed that she is taking her medicine, even if it's in lower doses. You know, some people just don't feel right on their medicines. My friend started lowering her doses, um, because it was starting to make her really depressed. Yeah. So she lowered her own doses on her own. People do it. Um, but she was still taking it, which is the important part. And I'm going to really emphasize that throughout this um, episode description. So they thought she seemed a little manic towards the end of her death in the video with her hand movements and such. And again, if the video slowed down, it would make it more eccentric than it probably was. Um, and they said that it was not criminal because there was no suspicions found um which again three weeks is a long time to discover someone's body and say that it was suicide mm-hmm. um and they definitely ruled it an accident due to drowning by bipolar disorder um and i wrote a note saying that this relies heavily on a lot of what ifs yeah. What if she was hallucinating and what if she was hiding from something she couldn't actually see? What if she was seeing things and she felt threatened? Like that's a lot of what ifs and a lot of people's hallucin- um, hallucinations aren't um, harmful or scary. A lot yeah. of times it's them thinking bad thoughts and it's coming out um, like projecting out of their body towards like kind of like that yeah. or they're seeing weird things kind of like an acid trip. It really depends on the person but a lot of times it's not um, necessarily something that's going to attack them, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It can cause them to harm themselves, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the hallucinations they're having are dangerous in themselves. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of inconsistencies in the autopsy report. Um, one of them being that it was marked her death was unknown um, and then changed three days later to an accident, which they thought was weird initially, but they're like, oh, it probably was just a mistake. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, three days later, it's a mistake, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I talked about morbid already. Um, and that's kind of when they talked about him in this episode. Um, and then that's when they talked to the family and they found her history of mental breakdowns and delusions, which a lot of people have mental breakdowns, even if they are on medication. Yeah. It's just a part of having a severe mental illness. She had bipolar one disorder, which is a very serious form of bipolar disorder. Um, but if they're being treated like she was, it's manageable. Um, so it, it's not life ending, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did have breakdowns every once in a while, which she was a student. She was in a foreign country. I would assume things could get a little overwhelming every yeah. once in a while. Um, so the parents took the hotel to court saying that it was their fault that she died, which I can agree with them because what hotel doesn't have emergency alarms on fire escape windows? Yeah. Fire escapes is an outdated thing, which when the hotel was built, it is not an outdated concept, but it is now. 
Yeah. Because no one uses fire escapes anymore. They're staircases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if there was a fire, wouldn't you want to know about the fire if someone went out the fire escape? Yeah. <laughs> so why are there not alarms on the windows? Why are there not more cameras? Yeah. Why are there not more security measures knowing that it's not a safe place to be? And knowing that bad things happen at the hotel, you could at least get some kind of hold on some of the dangerous aspects of it. Maybe that's why your hotel gets a bad rep, because it's not a good fucking hotel. It doesn't have security. No. (laughs) Why isn't there a security guard that stays there? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's There's so many many things. things that they could have done to not only prevent, but catch people. Why is there not a lock on the water tank? Yeah. I feel like that's that. Who the fuck would want to go in a water tank? Yeah, if they didn't need to do maintenance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like why are there no security measures? Like, of course the hotel is to blame, and I don't think they won the case no. either. I'm pretty sure they didn't, but I hope not. I just, you know, there's so many things that are wrong with this, and this is why it doesn't sit well with me. Um, but at the court case, um, Santiago Lopez is the maintenance man that found her, and. In this case, and this was, like, way after her death. This was, like, a couple months after her death was confirmed. Um, He said that the hatch was open. When initially he says that it was closed and he looked through the window. So, is this somehow construed by the evidence that the cops put out? You know? Because that's a long time to be reporting something. Why wouldn't he say that in the moment when they talk about him finding the body? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they said, oh, well, he reported it that day, but somebody miscommunicated saying it was supposed to be open when they said it was closed. And I'm like, that that doesn't happen. No. <laughs> if someone's investigating a case where somebody is dead, they don't make those mistakes. No. Especially not in this day and age. <laughs> Back then, maybe. You know, the the Zodiac Killer thing was really, really out there. But yeah. that was a actual miscommunication because the phone broke up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but this was a man in person reporting to a cop saying that he found her when he opened the lid to the water tank. Yeah. So why did it change in court? It's not a communication error. You cannot no. convince me that it's a communication error. I don't care like what they say. I, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. At least from all of the evidence between the video footage being tampered, the, statement changing once they got to court i feel like someone that worked at the hotel had something to do with it and and this is when they said that it's not the hotel's fault that she died and i completely disagree um i think it is the hotel's fault i think it is entirely their fault and the owner's fault specifically for not installing more security measures knowing that they're in a dangerous town like a dangerous area to be in yeah their first killing or a first death was in the 20s right yeah it was in the 20s it's the whole fact that you know that it's not a safe place to be at and typically if a hotel or something is in an area where there's some crime that happens they take extra measures to make sure that the hotel guests feel safer yeah it should be common sense that your hotel is in a I don't want to say hostile, but not the safest area. And you do have a history of not only deaths, but two serial killers staying there and killing while they are at the hotel and multiple people being assaulted and killed or killing themselves. There should be footage. Why are there not 
better locks on the windows yeah either <laughs> like why are people still jumping out of windows yeah like you know what i'm saying like it's five, not just elisa it's yeah. before this that we're having continuous issues and it's just throughout history and you're still not taking these steps yeah. to make sure people are more safe the first five people recorded to die at this uh hotel all jumped out of windows or something like that like you can't stop someone from o- overdosing in their hotel room no but you can stop them from jumping out of windows i remember i was watching um a ghost adventures episode and I've seen a couple other people go to this place. I forget where it is, so I can't say specifically where it is. But so many people committed suicide by jumping out the windows. And specifically the room that someone committed suicide out of, they made sure that no one could open the windows. Yeah, I've stayed in a handful of hotels, and they make it so you can only open it a little bit, like an inch, if even at all. So no one can do that. Like... You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it is the hotel's fault. It is entirely their fault. And if they didn't, if the family didn't win the lawsuit, I would retrial because this is ridiculous. Like, there is no way that it's not the hotel's fault. Like, this is entirely their fault, whether she committed suicide or not. Yeah. That was their fault. Their That's safety on them. Pre- precautions that sh- they should take just Especially if the door wasn't locked to the, to the roof. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she could have got there on the fire escape, but why are the fire escapes open? Why is that even an option? Yeah, there's always locks on You have staircases. Yeah. There were no elevators in 1927. Yeah. 1924, whatever the fuck this hotel was built. 1927. There was no elevators, point being. <laughs> you had staircases. Because even if someone did have the first elevator, there could only be a certain number of people in the elevator at one point in time, which there, I yeah. mean, there still is. But there was a small capacity, so you would have to have st- staircases. Yeah. So there are staircases in the hotel, which means that the fire escape is an outdated protocol and should be locked up. Yeah. Especially with criminals in the area because people can come in through the windows. Yeah, exactly. I saw a video not that long ago of a man climbing onto this girl's fire escape and just walking into her apartment. Yeah, I saw that. It was a guy yeah. that was stalking her, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they ended the video saying that there's no conspiracy behind this. The cops are like, it just needs to rest. Let her rest. And just like stop the conspiracies like there's no conspiracies and it's still can seen as one and people don't understand why and I'm like no I can completely understand why because I don't believe it yeah I don't think she was in the position to want to commit suicide yeah even if like she didn't have a history of trying to kill herself or wanting to do that so why would she do it then and in the way that she supposedly did it. And there's just so many things that happened with her death. It doesn't, it doesn't line up. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, even if you try to make it work, it doesn't. Like They're the trying to make it make sense, but it's not. The The biggest thing is the hotel video was tampered with. If she yeah. committed suicide, why the fuck does it matter what was on the video? Yeah. Two, the way she committed suicide was lethal. Women don't commit suicide typically in a lethal manner, which, yes, there are outliers, but I don't believe she would have been one of those people, especially coming from an Asian culture, which is more secluded and more modest, that she wouldn't do that. (laughs) Yeah, especially since people who are, sorry, whoa, can't talk. Um, Asians are fetishized. I can't speak today, but. I know what you're saying. Yeah, so. They wouldn't have wanted to do that to themselves in the first place. Um, and it's not 
super common in Asian culture. I mean, there is like the suicide force, but that's in Japan. But it's not a super common thing that people do in Asian cultures because it's it's seen as disrespectful. And it's seen as disrespectful to Christians and all that other shit, too. So it's not like it's a big thing. You know, the only time where it wouldn't be disrespectful is if it's seppuku. But that's a completely different thing where you're doing it out of honor, where she's just she supposedly killed herself. And it's 2013. Yeah. So like. also, yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, and she was also naked, which also goes against Asian culture. And why would you take your clothes off? If yeah. you're having a manic episode and thinking something was chasing you and you hid in the water tank, and I'm using a lot of air quotes. I know no one can see them, but I'm using a lot of air quotes because I talk with my hands. I get it from my father. Moving on. I do it too. <laughs> her clothes were off. And if you were hiding from something, why would you take your clothes yeah. off? Yeah. <laughs> why i don't like it doesn't make any sense and people are like well how would somebody bring her up a ladder and i'm like okay but the stairs the alarm wasn't on so like it's not that hard to carry someone up the stairs even if it there was a ladder to get her in the water tank it's not that hard to hoist someone over your shoulder especially no. if you're a large man yeah like firemen do it all the time <laughs> like yeah. what makes someone special to not be able to do that it's actually probably fairly easy to get someone up a short ladder into a water tank yeah like, that doesn't bother w- me. Yeah, if they have decent-sized shoulders, they could just throw her on there, and that's it. They probably wouldn't even feel her there. It's just, there's too many things that don't add up. And this is where I kind of wanted to talk about um, bipolar disorder a little bit. Um, because while it is said to be common for people to commit suicide with bipolar disorder. Um, I looked up the statistics, the current statistics at least, because I wanted to be sure before I said this. So not every bipolar person is suicidal. That is just Mm -hmm. a fact. A lot of seriously mental ill people are suicidal, but they are more suicidal if they are not treated. But in Elisa's case, she was treated, and she did have medication in her system, implying that she probably wasn't having a manic episode even if there's a small dosage in her system it's enough to try to control the hallucinations or at least make them very minor to the point where she probably would notice them but it wouldn't be like oh my god someone's chasing me i need to go kill myself in a water tank yeah um so the suicidal tendencies are said to be frequent in quotation marks um four to 19 percent commit yeah and 20 to 60 attempt which, again, this goes back to the typical ways people commit suicide. And drowning is not even, like, on the list of top ways to kill people. No, themselves. because no one's going to want, like, if you're going to kill yourself, you're going to most likely. Especially do if it you had wa- easy access. Yeah. You're going to do it in a way where it would be. Uh, easy and painless. E- yeah. <laughs> Especially gonna, if you're a woman. Yeah. like Because most men commit with the intent to succeed. Most women commit and don't do it in a way where they know they're going to succeed they just hope they do yeah and that's just a flat-out statistic and i'm not like making this up to make this fit like this is just purely something i learned and i thought about the entire time i was watching this uh documentary and she had pills (laughs) and it's very easy to even just get pills from the store and overdose on medication yeah and she was in skid row she could have just walked outside the hotel asked someone for some xanax and then there you go or again jumped out the window yeah quick death (laughs) quick and painless you won't feel it once you hit the ground so like again and you're in california right golden state bridge number one place people commit suicide yeah in california i think they actually put a do you think that stops people 
I do, I forgot the word for a net. A net. Yeah. A net. I was like, yeah. you're making a net, but yeah. again, do you think that stops people? No. You can jump off the net. <laughs> like I landed next time. There's sharks in the water, okay? Even if you somehow don't fall from a high distance, the sharks will probably kill you. <laughs> or yeah. fighting to swim back to land because yeah. it's an exhausting thing. So between all of the odds, if you survive that, good on you. I know some people have, and it's very rare, but like that's where I would go if I was in California, mm-hmm. right? Like you would do something that is common and not painful, like yeah. drowning, <laughs> which is a lot of people's fears, actually. Yeah. I even said this before. I was like, there are three main ways I would not want to die, and that is drowning to death, burning to death, and being buried alive. Right? Because, because it's, it's painful. the longest and the most painful. Because you won't die instantly when you drown. No. It takes a while for you to suffocate. You're trying, like, even if you don't want to survive and you chose to kill yourself in a, in a drowning manner, you're, your body's still going to start gasping for air and you're going to start panicking. I just can't picture a smart woman purposely putting herself in that situation just to go in the water tank and then not be able to get out. Yeah. Like, she's an educated woman. Why would you even, even if she was just going in the water tank for, like, a fun little dip and she saw the distance, why would she go in? Yeah. I don't know. It just, it doesn't really add up to me. Um, if, you, if you looked inside of that water tank, you're like, it would have been common sense. Once you go, get in, there's no way you're getting out on your own. Yeah. And plus, like, I, I just, I don't know. There's so many things that don't add up. Like, why were there no other cameras that caught her going outside? Why are there no cameras on the roof? Like, it's just, it all comes back to security measures. Yeah. Like, this could have easily been prevented. Easily. Yeah. And if something did happen to her, it would have been caught. <laughs> yeah. we There would have been closure at the very least. What I want to know, because they didn't really talk about all the camera angles that are in the in the hotel, and a lot of people that visited afterwards um, said that there were a lot of cameras and people were, like, really high security when they were there. And if that's true, why was she not caught on camera anywhere else? Yeah, it said that the only footage she was found on was on the elevator. Which doesn't make sense. Because, like, if there are other cameras, either someone tampered with it and they didn't think anything of it, or there's no cameras. Yeah. Which, again, goes back to the hotel. And <laughs> also, some places do have cameras, but they are fake cameras to scare people into, like, not stealing or not doing anything they shouldn't be doing. I can't picture a hotel that survives on low-income people paying to stay there. Yeah. Having fake cameras. Yeah. That would just be a, a pointless a waste. Yeah. expense. It would make more sense in, like, I know for a fact they do it at Walmart. Like, some of the cameras they have there are just fake. Yeah. But, like, that area, that hotel with its history, I don't think a fake camera would even make sense. And they did say that there was a lot of security, but it doesn't seem like that from all of the evidence. Either way, it just... it. None of the evidence adds up, and I know the cops are like, oh, it's it's just a horrible accident. I just, I mean, I see where they're coming from, and I see why they could think that, but just knowing the facts and the statistics and the holes in her death, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I, I still think it's not true. I don't think, I think they just took the easy way out once they heard about her bipolar disorder, and they mm-hmm. were like, okay, well, she probably just was having a manic episode and killed herself. Yeah, they didn't, they might have thought that. Because there was so little evidence that they could have found pointing to it because what they did have wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it goes back to the hotel. Like it is the hotel's fault. She died. Mm-hmm. 
regardless of if she intended to kill herself or not. Like I that, still think someone at the hotel had something to do with it. Why was she gone for three weeks? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if a body is in a water tank, the body starts decomposing as soon as you die. The first things to come out of your body are your innards because yeah. it's the fastest to decompose because it will die without a living source. So if she was decomposing in a water tank for three weeks, the water would have been affected immediately. Yeah. People would have noticed something off. People would have reported discolored water and the only day they reported it was the day she was found so it just doesn't add up and they said that they checked the roof and they didn't check the water tanks but they checked the roof and the dogs were on the roof so if there was a trail leading to the water tanks they would have found it yeah so i don't know it just it doesn't add up and i know that they said to stop conspiracy but i just i don't believe it i don't buy it i think something else is going on there's too many weird things and coincidences Mm -hmm. it just doesn't it doesn't make sense if there weren't holes in the story then yeah people probably would have an easier time with stopping the theories and stopping trying to like create this whole like crazy thing about what might have happened to her but there's just too many holes for it to be like yeah it was her bipolar disorder like, anyone looking at this objectively would be like, no, this is a cover-up of some sort or they're missing information. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not something that I think is as easy as saying she committed suicide. And I think it was just an easy way out to put the case to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was hard for the officers. And I'm not saying that they didn't do a good job, but, like, they didn't have a lot of things to go on in general. And I just, I it's just, it doesn't add up. I don't get it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, that's. That's the whole docu-series, and it was, it really, like I said, built it up, and then it just flatlined. Yeah. So that's what bothered me the most about the docu-series, but if you're still interested in watching it, there's a lot I didn't talk about, um, but I think it was really fascinating, and it was really well done. Um, it was entertaining to watch. It wasn't boring, um, and they really, I think that was a part of building it up, because no one's going to want to watch something that's just facts, Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, it was really interesting, and it's on Netflix, so if you have the time and want to learn more, go watch it. Um, I'm sure there's, like, a bajillion YouTube videos about it, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, that's our that's our our deal on the uh, Cecil Hotel. Um, but, you know, let us know what you think. Um, I don't think she died by suicide. Yeah, um, I don't either. A lot of people don't, so <laughs> if you're in the, in the few, um, let us know. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please go follow our socials. We work very hard. We're, we're working on getting our YouTube up and running. Um, hopefully we'll get video at some point this year to start going along with it, which I don't know why anyone would want to watch us <laughs> talk, hey, but hey, 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 don't say that. You I want don't look, I don't look very good. Most of the time that we film this, I'm in like pajamas half the time. Today I'm in my work outfit, but usually <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in my PJs. So I'm just saying, but uh, make sure you check us out on our socials. We post a lot about the episodes and when they come out, in case you forget, we typically post on Wednesdays, um, but we love you and appreciate you and we'll see you next time.